Welcome to Are You Afraid of Ghosts? And I'm really excited because with the new married life in the way, things uh, get a little busy. So I appreciate your patience on these awesome new episodes. Um, okay, so welcome. This is episode 12 of Are You Afraid of Ghosts? And um, each week I talk about true ghost stories, haunted houses, paranormal activity, urban legends, and more. Um, my name is Jessica Gulliford. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, I would love to hear your personal ghost stories. If you can send them to areyouafraidofghosts at gmail.com. And before I begin, I'd like to thank all my listeners once again. If you'd like some exclusive episodes and some discounts on upcoming merchandise that I'm working on, please go to patreon.com slash are you afraid of ghosts at patreon.com slash are you afraid of ghosts for as little as a dollar a month. You will help my podcast out and I can get you exclusive content that only my subscribers will hear. You can also follow us on Twitter at are you afraid three Instagram at are you afraid of ghosts and Facebook at are you afraid of ghosts. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you can know when I release new episodes. I'm going to ask you a huge favor. Please go to Apple iTunes and leave a five-star rating if you like this show. And leave a review with your Twitter handle or Instagram name. And each week I will do a gift card giveaway for the best review. Okay, so let's dive into this week's episode. This week I found out about a place called the Balleroy Mansion. Tonight's episode is combined with sources from Wikipedia and two articles I've read. So the thing about ghost stories is everyone usually has a different interpretation, but it's really all the same story. So here goes. The Balleroy Mansion is a 32-room estate located in the historic and affluent Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's in the United States. It has obtained the title of Most Haunted Home in America, due to its alleged infestation of spirits, ghosts, demons, angels, and or other supernatural beings. The mansion has been featured in a number of TV shows and books that deal with haunted houses. Others have described it as the most haunted house in America. Oh, I'm sorry, in Philadelphia. The name Balleroy was chosen by its owner, George Meade Easby, great-grandson of General George Meade, hero of the Battle of Gettysburg during the American Civil War. The estate's name was likely derived from Balleroy in France. Okay, so I always like to give a little history about what I'm talking about before I get into the ghost stuff. So if you have no clue what this was, as I did not, um, it's pretty interesting. Especially if you're in this area. I, I, um, I work in Philadelphia and I live very close to Philadelphia. So all these cool stories about how Philadelphia is so haunted. If you... Um, even dive into hauntings in Philadelphia, you're going to get a huge search of things. There's books, there are TV shows, there are everything. So it's crazy. Okay. So the mansion itself, um, I'm sorry, the mansion or its separate carriage house was originally built in 1911. The first owner was a carpenter who is said to have murdered his wife inside the main house. It was purchased in 1926 by a family that traces its roots to Easby Abbey in 12th century Yorkshire, England, that crossed over to America in 1683 aboard the Welcome with William Penn. And that counts among its descendants three, at least three that I know of, says Easby. 
signers of the Declaration of Independence. Okay, so Balleroy housed many antique pieces that were handed down by famous historical people, including Napoleon of France, U.S. General George Meade, Thomas Jefferson, and others. After the Easbys moved into this large and spacious estate in 1926, George Meade Easby and his younger brother, May Stevenson Easby Jr., were playing one day in the courtyard of the mansion and laughing at their reflections in the main courtyard fountain, when Stephen's reflection turned into a skull. George's reflection was normal. Stephen died in 1931 from an undetermined childhood disease. This greatly devastated George and his parents, but they continued living in the mansion for the rest of their lives. They, along with their housekeepers and visitors, have experienced many hauntings throughout the years. George's mother died in 1962, at the age of about 82, and his father died in 1969, reaching about 90. Following their deaths, Easby began to hire housekeepers to do general work in and around the mansion. However, none of the workers lived with him. In July 1992, Valeroy Mansion was burglarized by a very skillful thief. An estimated $202,000 worth of antiques were carefully stolen without ransacking or leaving a sign of forced entry. The police were investigating the incident. They stated, The thief seemed to know what he was looking for and where it was kept. In an article dated April 3, 1999, in the Inquirer magazine, Easby tells a chilling tale of waking up and feeling someone clutching his arm. When he turned on the light, no one was there. In July 2012, indie rock band The Walkman shot a video for their song The Love You Love at Balleroy. The band was looking for a unique location to support the surreal nature of the video and witness some unexplainable events while there. So here are some haunting details. George Meade Easby allegedly first experienced paranormal activity shortly after moving into the Balleroy mansion before the death of his playful young brother, Stephen, which I had said he looked in the reflection, saw a skull. Among the many claimed spirits or ghosts of Balleroy Mansion, um, one is said to be Easby's brother, Stephen, whose portrait once fell, and it also landed about 15 feet um, away from where it was hanging. And just side note, um, really creepy things happen. Uh, I actually remember my parents telling me um, stuff that's happened when I was younger, but they always say if somebody's going to die and don't hold me to this, but they always say if someone's going to die or if a ghost is around you, pictures either fly off the wall or slide down the wall unexplained. So anything to do with pictures hanging on the wall creeps me out. Okay. Back to the story. Da, da, da. Okay. Um, all right. So the string or rope, on the back of the portrait and the hook on the wall were reported to still be intact. So Stephen's full body spirit has been said to haunt his room and that Easby supposedly encountered it when he was a child. A number of people have claimed to have seen the ghost of Stephen lurking around them. David Belts and a coworker were busy working outside in the back of the house when they claimed to see young Stephen looking at them from inside the house. Belt stated, I noticed a person looking out the window at me, a young kid with blonde hair. He had his hands on the sill and was looking down towards the yard. I said to my buddy, look at that little kid. Then it just faded off and my buddy said, man, that was really strange. 
The co-worker refused to work at Bellaroy, Bellaroy again. According to Belts, the co-worker would never come back. He was really scared. He just said that he felt somebody stare at him all the time. One of the other alleged ghosts is said to be Easby's mother, Henrietta Mead Large Easby, who was described as prim and reserved, a Victorian lady of few words. Psychic Judith Richardson Hames claimed that she established communication with Easby's mother and some of the other ghosts at Balroy. The ghost of Thomas Jefferson, oh, Thomas Jeff, good grief. Sorry, guys, I'm reading this all together in one lump sum. I apologize. Um, I get so excited. I talk too fast. Okay. So the ghost of Tom Thomas Jefferson reportedly haunts the dining room, standing beside a tall grandfathered clock, grandfather clock. Most of the furniture in the dining room belonged to General George Meade and were passed down to Easby's mother, including a large dining table. Another claimed ghost is an unknown elderly woman that reportedly walks the stairs, um, walks the upstairs hallway with a cane. Family members and guests were toyed with by the spirits, and it was never uncommon to hear knocking and unexplained footsteps. A respected minister was hit by a flying antique pot <laughs> that flew like a missile. Sorry for laughing, but that just seems insane. Okay, electrical fields in the house also attract lighting, and the electricity would go off for no reason. People, including family members, housekeepers, visitors, and even renovators, claim to have seen these ghosts. Others have allegedly seen or heard 1930s phantom cars that drove up the long and narrow driveway into the estate's parking area, but when they went to look, there was nothing to see. Side note, I will never have a long and narrow driveway. They just creep me out, and if somebody was going to kill me, they're probably going to pick the house as a long and narrow driveway that it would take forever for anyone to get to you and rescue you. Okay. Uh, the Blue Room and the Chair of Death. So, in the infamous Blue Room of the mansion, a 200-year-old blue chair known as the Chair of Death is said to be cursed. It has been said that when someone sits in it, the person dies. Lovely. Know what I'm not doing. Okay. About four people are said to have died, and Easby then banned people from sitting in the chair. The chair was said to be owned by Napoleon. It has been said that the chair is haunted by the ghost of Amanda, a red mist that is said to kill people who sit in the chair. The chair is said to have been made by an evil warlock in the 18th slash 19th century. Ooh, that's actually creepy. Um, if you guys watch American Horror Story, which I totally do, uh, this season has some warlocks in it, so that's pretty cool. Okay, don't worry, I didn't spoil anything. You guys got to watch. Okay. Chestnut Hills. Um, this is a separate article. Chestnut Hills, Balleroy's Mansion's Many Ghost Stories. So this is an article written by Caitlin Foti, uh, F-O-T-I. Um, she writes, you know, every area has its ghost stories. Chestnut Hills, no exception. So she writes a little bit of a twist to it. Um, so she just goes through the history built in 1911. Um, it is actually on, if you guys want to know the address, it is 111 West Mermaid Lane. So it has um, a treasure trove of antiques, historical artifacts, and spooky stories. So many visitors can go there still, so don't worry. But they have, um, some people do seances, um, which 
I mean, sounds cool and everything. I'm just a little scared of that, but I'm scared of everything, but that's, um, why I do this stuff. So, uh, okay. So George, George, um, which we've been talking about the whole time. He died in 2005. Um, and he's even experienced the home, the home's ghost, uh, firsthand. So he said, it's a real adventure living in this house. Easby told Inquirer magazine in July 9th, 9th, uh, 1989 interview. In 1999, he told the same magazine his very own ghost story. So here's a little elaboration on what I've already kind of mentioned a little bit. Easby tells a chilling tale of waking up and feeling someone clutching his arm. When he turned on the light, no one was there. Balleroy's spookiness is so well documented, in fact, that the, Ch- that the Chestnut Hill House has been featured in a number of books compiling haunted houses in the country, including Haunted Houses USA by Dolores Riccio, R-I-C-C-I-O, and Joan Bingham, published in 1989. Totally have to get that book. The electrical fields in the house attract lighting, and the electricity goes off for no apparent reason. It appears the ghosts of Valeroy enjoy playing with the electricity, just as some children like to play with matches, the book says in its section under the Valeroy Mansion. They play with the alarm systems, which have been inexplicably triggered so often that the police now list the reason for these happenings on their reports. Cause of problem, ghosts. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, not awesome for the police who have to constantly go out there, but it's pretty awesome. The most infamous part of the house lies in the blue room. The room is an 18th century drawing room, which contains secret compartments and most notably a blue chair with a bone chilling history. The archives at the Chestnut Hill Historical Society contain stories of at least three deaths, each occurring to someone who had occupied the blue chair within two weeks. Easby told the authors of Haunted Houses USA that a housekeeper sat in the chair and immediately slumped over. That's horrifying. Within hours, she was dead. Yikes. Uh, Easby, Easby's cousin was another alleged victim of the chair, as well as a friend of Easby's, Paul Kimmins. Easby was a num- among those who believed that Ballory was haunted, and maybe just possibly there is one more ghost lurking the halls at 111 West Mermaid Lane. Okay. So... Easby last quoted in an October 25th, 1984 article in the Chestnut Hill local. He said, when I leave here, I'm coming back to haunt them. If they don't take good care of this place, I'm going to be right back there after them. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I wonder if he's haunted them since then. Okay. So another guy, Gary Sweeney in July of 2016, writes an article and he basically, again, tells a little bit of the history. He talks about how it could be traced back to, um, you know, Civil War hero General George Meade, along with notable members. Um, he talked about how it's the most haunted house in Philadelphia um, and then the death chair. So it's... Um, one other thing that I didn't see in any other articles was many visitors. So I like the visitor stories. Um, I was trying to find more, but there aren't really a lot documented. Um, but I can totally do a follow-up episode if I can find more. Um, but the, um, 
Many visitors have observed an elderly woman with a cane, dressed in black and hovering in a corner on the second floor. The usual bangs and knocks are prevalent. Wall decorations have fallen inexplicably. One particular painting was flung 15 feet by an unseen force. The nail on the wall was still secure and the rear hanging wire unbroken. People have even claimed to see the ghost of Thomas Jefferson standing near a tall grandfather clock in the dining room. Okay. So, um, then he talks about the blue chair. Okay. So seances and visits from famous mediums have attempted to unlock the Balleroy mystery. One of them was Judith Richardson Hames, who upon crossing the threshold remarked, my God, I can't believe how many spirits are in this house. Interestingly, Easby came to respect the many ghosts in his home and on one occasion voiced his wish for them to stay indefinitely. He believed one of the ghosts to be his own mother, Henrietta, whose guidance from the other side helped to steer him away from opportunists and bad business deals. Additionally, Easby claimed to have found papers from a great uncle stashed away in a cabinet, which ultimately led him to a sizable inheritance. He credited his mother's ghost with that discovery, as well as the discovery of a pair of valuable candlesticks hidden in the attic rafters, which belonged to his mother. Another ghost he believed was his young brother, Stevie, who died at the age of 11, but was seen many times at the window. Um, Easby passed away in 2005, and for a short time, Balleroy Mansion offered tours, allowing visitors to admire the home's antique treasures. But as the years passed, the antiques were removed and the tours were discontinued. The Balleroy is now a private residence. So, I love that because it is... Um, definitely intriguing and I would have loved to do a tour but unfortunately it is now a private residence so um, I'm going to look for some more stories and um, yeah I mean hopefully I didn't scare you too much guys this wasn't as scary as what I normally do but um, it's getting closer to Halloween and I love all the haunted places so um, hopefully I didn't scare you too much good night